Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Lisa Jo Baker, a lapsed lawyer and friend to Christy Purifoy, a lapsed professor. And together we are inviting you into sweet space this summer as we revisit some conversations that we're still listening to and thinking about years after we had them. We're calling this our Easy Listening Summer Series, and our hope for you is that each hand-selected episode really resonates with a part of your own soul, and we hope you're slowing your body down enough this summer to allow that weary soul to catch up. Now, if you're like us, then you also associate summer with certain foods. I mean, I can taste them in my mouth right now, and therefore with certain memories, These are the foods and the memories that have shaped our summers for decades. We hope listening leaves you hungry and also makes you remember the tastes of your favorite summers and the memories that you can bite into when you close your eyes and picture your plate. Get comfy, friends. Here we go. Lisa Jo, we talk a lot about how these conversations are rooted in a real place and a real friendship. Mm-hmm. They're rooted in this old farmhouse called Maplehurst, where we record all our episodes. They're rooted in our 20 years of knowing each other. But I feel like these summer episodes, I want to say they're also rooted in the weather. They are rooted in summertime and oh, blue skies so beautiful. and sunshine and breezes. I remember <laughs> in the winter, we were up here in the little podcast Hobbit Hole, as I think of it, <laughs> even though it's on the third floor. <laughs> But we were like all winter when we were recording up here under down comforters mm-hmm. and wrapped in blankets and layers. And in between each episode, we'd run the heater, the space right. heater in and here. try to warm up the room. I yes. know. And now it's hot and sweaty and yeah. sticky. And it feels really good. It does. So we are recording uh, several conversations today. And we just took a little lunch break in the garden at the picnic oh. table. Blissful it bees really was. buzzing around. The yeah. grass is already too high, and yeah. because it's been raining, and the sun's out, and the flowers are in bloom, and we have peonies here in the room with we us do. today because it's so pretty. And it just reminded me that if this podcast is really rooted in our ordinary lives, and if we are really celebrating the good gift of ordinary life, then we must acknowledge the good gift of, of food. food. <laughs> Especially summer food. Yum, yum, yum. Especially summer food. Do you know what I love most about summer food is that summer food is effortless. Oh, I know. The grill, the ice cream. Yes. It's delicious without trying. Do you have a favorite? Yes. Well, I'm going to start. I feel like preemptively, I want to unbutton my top button. (laughs) Those of you that are listening, (laughs) get comfy, people, because we are going to make you really hungry. That's right. When we say get comfy, here we go, we mean it today. (laughs) Today, especially, we mean it. Well, I mean, you know, when I think about food, anytime you talk about a food episode, there's part of me that panics and is like, well, I'm not fancy. I don't cook, you know, fancy Mm -hmm. food. I don't know how, but I like to eat all the food, the fancy (laughs) food, the snacky food, the fast food, the -the on-the-go food, the buffet food. I love that about you. All the foods are so good. But I guess when I think about summer food, the first thing that comes to mind is the grill, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's hot in the kitchen, you don't want the oven on, and you just want to pop something on the grill. And I, growing up in South Africa, it's actually called, we don't call it a grill or a barbecue, we call it a braai 
Wow, I've yes. never heard that word. Right, well, it's Afrikaans word. Brai <laughs> means to cook okay. and place means meat. <laughs> Brai the meat place. cook. Yes, come out and cook some meat with us. The meat place, I like it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, brai place. Place, is, place means meat, yeah. And so we would, you know, everyone has, they call it brai is the mm-hmm. short word. Okay. Come over for a brai, the way you'd come over for a grill or a barbecue. People come over for the brai. And I mean, really, that's defines my whole childhood and because South mm-hmm. Africa is almost summer year round and it's just a casual way of hosting a lot of people mm-hmm. or for a family like a meal that doesn't require a lot of cleanup or work and you put the food on the grill and there it is and we do a lot of what we call chops is that does it mean like lamb mm-hmm. chops mm-hmm. and it's it is lamb lamb chops mm. so they'd have like lots of chops and then we'd have budavorsh which is sausage like a farmer's sausage that mm-hmm. like a brat Yes. Um, but it's not in individual, you know, how you have brats that are sort of like uh, hot dog bun length. Right. Budavorsh is sausage that is not yet, it's one long strand. So it's like the links, multiple sausage feet, links. Not even links. Oh, it's just one yes. long. Oh, yes. Okay. And the way you buy it is it's this, you know, it's packaged all rolled up. Okay. Yes. Like imagine like a little caterpillar that's rolled yes. itself up into we a spiral. We ate something similar in my childhood, but I don't. I haven't eaten it in years. Oh, Budavorsh. Yeah, so you yeah. buy it like that in your eyes. So you would actually put this whole long right, sausage okay. wheel onto the grill <laughs> and cook it. And then as you're serving it, you just cut it, you mm. know? Oh, my mouth is actually watering right now. Oh, my goodness. The last time we were home in South Africa, we had such an epic braai. And all the, you know, my brothers and brothers-in-law were all cooking the meat and seasoning the meat. And I told my uh, sister-in-law, Chloe, oh, my word, what did you put on this? Ah. And she goes, braai salt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. And so she just, I remember tucked into my bag when we were leaving braai salt that I still take out in America and use on my grill because you can put it on everything. You can put it on your chops. You can put it on your hamburgers. So it probably has like some special herb blend or Who knows? spices. Yes, or something it's all these the spices salt. mixed into the mm. salt and it's so delicious. Mm. So when I think about that, I mean, summer for me also as here is, you know, there's sporting events that you're going to. So if you're arriving either at a school play or I guess not a school play because we're in the summer, but like some, sometimes the schools will have some activity in the summer or summer camp or, you know, the church is putting on a VBS or mm. you're even just like, Walking through the parking lot to the gardening store, there is always some dude set up with his, you know, grill out there in the parking lot, <laughs> making budavorsh and putting it in bread rolls. And they sell it to you like a piece of the ah. budavorsh in a bread roll with ketchup on it. Or we don't call it ketchup. We call it tomato sauce. Really? Yes. <laughs> tomato As- sauce. Because ketchup, that's what it is. It's it is. tomatoes that yes. have been made into a sauce. And so the tomato sauce we put on, let's say, pizza, you would call... We would call that uh, pizza sauce. Uh, which makes sense, actually. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember when I heard the word ketchup for the first time, I was like, but what does it mean? <laughs> so we would have tomato sauce on our budavosh rolls, or if you were saying it in Afrikaans, it's a budavosh, budavosh roliki. Oh, that you have it on. So good. <laughs> My mouth is watering, and you stand in the parking lot, and you're, mm. you know, it's, and you're just getting it, and you smell it. You smell it. Like after church on a Sunday, there's always some dude setting up, oh, you know, smart wonderful. enough to know people yes. are coming out of church. I can sell my Budavosh rolls. Uh, or you're walking out of the movies. I remember that too, in like a mall, and you walk out to the parking lot, there's someone selling Budavosh. That smell just hits you Mm. and it it is the smell of home and actually a few weeks ago right before school ended we were at a baseball game one of my son's baseball games at a park the local park near us and as we drove into the park 
the smell of Budavors hit me. And I looked at Peter and said, what, what's happening? <laughs> like, where, where is that coming from? <laughs> and it turns out it was South African, we call it Freedom Day, but it's the equivalent of your Independence Day. Mm-hmm. And the embassy had designated this park near where we live, and I didn't realize it, as the gathering point for South Africans, for expats. Aww. Hundreds and hundreds of families had arived. And everybody's just got a grill and they're cooking. And, and I you, told you just happened to wander we into just this. just happened to wander in because wow. we were not on the embassy's mailing list, which now I'm on. Good. Um, <laughs> so we were, you know, off to the baseball. I told Pete, listen, I'm going over to find out are they selling the Budavors? Like, what's happening? I have got to get some. And I arrived and I asked, you know, are you guys selling Budavors? Where is it? And he, she said, oh, yeah, that guy over there, he's selling it. And I went over to him. And he had the bread rolls, and I my, literally, like, I started tearing up. Oh, I <laughs> bet. Like, Are you selling Budavos? And he said, "Yes. Do you want um? Do you want five pounds or do you want ten pounds?" And I'm like, "I'm sorry, what now?" And he opens a cooler and pulls up an entire sausage link wheel. It's uncooked, like he's cured it, he's made it, it has all wow. the seasonings from home. Wow. And I said, "Yes, I'll yes, take the ten pounds, all of it." <laughs> <laughs> I went home and cooked Buddha Wars for supper. Uh, and it was so good. So when you when I think about summer, that's like the number one thing I think about Buddha Wars rolls on the braai. Gosh, what do I think about? I mean, certainly the grill was central to our summer eating as well. I would think in Texas especially. Absolutely. And we always, the, the food we grilled more than any other was my mom's Greek chicken. Ooh. And I'm sure it had some, well, I, I guess we should have used some proper Greek terminology. My mother uh, is... Greek herself. Her father was born and, and grew up in Greece before immigrating to this country. So my grandfather was from Greece, and she had grown up in a, amongst um, Greek families in a Greek neighborhood in San Francisco. But my grandfather died when she was young. She moved away from that city. My only mm. connection really with Greek food and culture was just through my mom. And, uh, and so I have none of the language, none of the proper terms, but I know the flavor. Yeah, there you go. And the flavors, uh, that chicken would marinate for hours in this huge bowl but there was no recipe. My mom would just stuff in as much olive oil, lemon juice, fresh oregano, <sighs> fresh, you know, chopped garlic as possible. Just the more, <laughs> the better. And that made it Greek chicken. And we would grill that um, all the time, all summer long. But the other flavor, and this would come not from the Greek side, but from my father's very Texas side. And that would be Bluebell ice cream. Ooh, so if there are any Texans listening, cream. then you know exactly what I'm talking about. I grew up quite close to the little Bluebell ice cream factory in Brenham, Texas. Really? And my dad, who is possibly the greatest fan of Bluebell ice cream <laughs> to have ever lived, <laughs> would take me and my younger siblings, all four of us, on regular visits to tour the factory. No way. Yes, to tour the ice cream factory because... At the end of each tour, oh, you get you you, get free you would samples. get a free <laughs> free bowl or cone of, of bluebell ice cream. So Greek chicken for the meal, bluebell ice cream for after. Um, but that's just the beginning. When I think of summer flavors, I also think of watermelon. That's what I was going to say. Because with yes. the rye, there's always, always watermelon. watermelon. Te- always watermelon. At a Texas watermelon. barbecue, too. And in South Africa, they have this unique thing they do to keep a watermelon cool and fresh. So I grew up, I guess, like in parts of California, South Africa, a lot of South African homes have swimming pools. Mm. And I'm not talking, you know, lifestyles of the rich and famous swimming pools. I mean, 
very modest home, but it would have a swimming pool because mm-hmm. it's so hot year round. Yes. And when I grew up, homes in South Africa just didn't have air conditioning. That wasn't a thing. Ah. And I think we could get away with that because there's no humidity. Right. It's a dry heat. Everybody just has their windows open all the time. Completely normal to me. My husband cannot handle the fact that none of our doors and windows have screens. Oh. So bugs come in and nobody oh. seems to even, I don't know, it just seemed like part of summer, you know? Yes. But anyway, the watermelons, to keep them cool, we would put them in the swimming pool. <gasps> yes. What a so, great idea. Always. So when you'd have friends over, you'd have your braai, and while you're cooking the meat and you're braying, the, swim, the swimming pool has watermelons just bobbing in oh, the pool. Oh, I love it. The problem with this is that watermelons, if you were a kid, are so much fun to try and ride when they're oh. in the swimming pool because <laughs> they float, they bob. And if you get on top of it, you can push it down and then it pops up out of the water. But when you do that a lot, the interior of the watermelon becomes like mush. Oh, no. Because you've essentially just bounced it around and the parents would get so mad and always yell at the kids stop riding the watermelon stop riding the watermelon <laughs> I, I completely i see it from both perspectives as a kid of right. course i would want to bomb right. on the watermelon but i'm also i'm the mom now and how dare you mush I up know. my watermelon so it was like how much could you risk like because oh. you don't know what's happening inside and so it was always that nerve-wracking moment after lunch everyone's had their braai and now they're fishing the watermelons out of the pool and dad's going to cut into it and for mm. all the kids are like Ugh. Please let it be okay inside. Wow, still, how funny! You just stand there with the watermelon juice just running down your face because you're in your swimsuit yes. and you're just going to jump right back in the pool anyway. Oh, there that is, is summer. There's nothing like that moment as the knife, oh. the oh. the point of the knife goes into the watermelon rind, and everyone is waiting and wondering. See. We think it's good. We think it's going to be a good one. Is it a good one? Yes. Is it a good one? Yeah. And I, so I grew up. Uh, eating watermelons. And I swear, I can tell if it's good by how it feels as the knife starts to go in before oh, you ever see really? what is inside that watermelon. If it if it cracks right open mm-hmm. and that rind just feels like, almost like it snaps open, mm-hmm. you know. You know, it's a good it's one. It's a good one. Yes. So I grew up eating the watermelons that my uncle grew on the family farm. My father's family are, um, you yeah, farming roots in North Texas. And so summer meant going to my grandmother's farmhouse um the family would gather and my uncle or someone else would take a pickup truck out into the fields and they would come back with the bed full of watermelons really and they were man just right there on the farm right there and they'd be hot yeah from the sun and the fields and we didn't have a swimming pool to cool them off although (laughs) now looking back i'm thinking wow why didn't we just drop them in the horse trough or something although maybe we did and i've forgotten but sometimes we'd set it on a bed of ice in like a cooler um, and these were not like gro- what I think of today as grocery store watermelons. Mm. They, uh, first of all, they were full of big, fat, black seeds. Yes. I I see. I kind of miss that I because that's what I remember from my <laughs> yeah. childhood too. We'd, take, we'd spit we'd them, spit them right? yes. Spitting yeah. contest. Who could get their seed to go the, the farthest, farthest is yes. what we would do. Yes. Sometimes these watermelons were not even pink or red. We often had yellow watermelons. What? I've mm-hmm. never seen that. Yeah. Huh? And it was still sweet? Oh, so sweet. So wow. good. I guess it was a particular variety. Hmm. Um, there must be a name associated with it that I don't know, but it was always a fun surprise to crack one open and it's just this golden, sweet yellow. Oh, so good. There's nothing like a summer watermelon. And now for my kids, so of course I'm, you know, I'm not raising them in Texas, but we have 
uh, similar, I think, melon <laughs> memories in the making because we, um, I will postpone buying a watermelon and I will wait and I will wait as long as possible because the best melons are the ones that have grown right around here. And there, I, I live in um, southeastern Pennsylvania and uh, there's farming communities and especially there are many um, Amish growers, mm. Amish family farms. And when the melons are ripe, uh, beginning really in early, uh, end of July, early August, it's just the best possible melon because mm. it hasn't traveled. It has stayed in the field yeah. until that perfect moment of ripeness. So we have this one market we love to go to up in Lancaster County, not far from our house. And uh, we, we pull up to the market and everyone's looking, are there melons? Are there melons? <laughs> and we pulled up one one day last summer and uh, I could see the table where the melons usually are stacked up high and there were no melons. But we parked anyway because we'd driven you know, that distance and we got out. And then I could see coming, so beyond the, the little barn that serves as the market store, I could see, you know, the green fields spread out and the, these rolling hills you get in Lancaster area. And I could see coming from the green fields, uh, a horse pulling a wagon. Oh, and I man. could see a, a girl, a young girl guiding that horse. And of course, she's, you know, dressed in the, the traditional Amish clothing. And I can see that the wagon is piled. <gasps> With watermelons, and she is bringing them in mm. right now, at that moment, in from the field to the table wow. where we are standing, just waiting to purchase <laughs> <laughs> our taste oh, of a Pennsylvania yum. melon, and there is just nothing else like it. Man, that reminds me of one of the other fruits that define summer for me has to be the mango. Mm. And we had um, an aunt and an uncle, my dad's sister, and he only had one sister. He had two brothers and a sister. And then my dad was 10 years younger than his than his young, you know, his next oldest sibling. Wow, 10 years. So his uh, sister and her husband had this farm that bordered, it was on the border of Zimbabwe. So it was right up on the Limpopo River. Hmm. And they grew mangoes. Really? They had mango trees. And I remember so vividly one summer, they took us on vacation without our parents. And I remember my uncle Leon, he was so precious. He said, listen, so you need to know something about my car, kids. So we must have been, I don't know, like 12. Maybe I was 12. My brothers were, you know, nine and six. And he said, the thing you need to know about this car, when we were on the long road trip from Johannesburg all the way up towards Zimbabwe to get to where the farm was on the Limpopo, he said, this car runs on chocolate. So anytime we run out of chocolate, we'll have to stop to get some more, just so you know. And I mean, he Aww. was that kind of man. <laughs> How wonderful. That car ran on chocolate and candy. And we <laughs> drove those, you know, nine, 10 hours to the farm. And, you know, farming in South Africa is dry, probably a lot like Texas barren, it seems mm, like, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. But then there are pockets where there's agriculture or there are animals. And on their farm, it really was a game farm. So a lot of wild animals. Mm. But they had these mango groves. <gasps> and mm. I remember Auntie Lazanne, she would say to us when we arrived, ooh, come, come, come. The mangoes are ready. Let's oh. go to the mangoes. And we would pick these mangoes off the trees and we would sit out in front of the house in the area around where the campfire would be at night. And we'd be sitting out on wooden stumps and campfire chairs. It's hot in the heat of the day and the sweat's running down the back of your neck and you can hear the mosquitoes. And I would say, you know, where's the knife? Like, where's the fork? How am I, what am I going to do with this mango? And she'd say, oh, what kind of 
what kids are you? Aren't you South African children? Look. And she'd bite with her teeth into the thick rind of the mango and then just peel it back. Ah, sure. And all the juiciness would be there. Uh. And then she would just take this big bite into this juicy flesh of the mango. And the the mango juice, I remember it so vividly, would just run down mm. your down from your wrists all the way down to your elbows. Sticky, as you vivid, around <laughs> that around that juicy flesh until all you have left is that big we call it a pip. What do you call that? This uh, probably a pit. The pit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We say pip, P-I-P. Mm-hmm. But until you have that hairy pip mm-hmm. left, mm-hmm. you know, and then you just toss it aside and grab another one. And I remember my cousin Pierre, who was probably about ten years older than us, calling his mom while we were on vacation and saying, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing, mom? What are you guys up to? And she said, Pierre. We're eating mangoes. Mm. And I could hear his scream coming through that phone of like, no, I'm so jealous. I want to be eating mangoes. (laughs) Wow. So mangoes are just one of those fruits that when I think about summer, I Mm. think about mangoes. You know, summer flavors, obviously, as we're telling these stories, they're woven so tightly to our childhood memories memories. and our memories of family. And I'm just realizing that um, that these these are experiences to to, to pay attention to so that mm. we can cultivate them so that we can pass them on like yeah. in an intentional way yeah. you know yeah. the way my my father's family was passing on this love for growing and eating these really special watermelons and I need to think about uh, am I passing on the flavors to my children mm. or am I creating new flavor right. memories like for instance my children have no very little experience of bluebell ice cream because the thing about Texas bluebell ice cream is it's not available nationwide right because I don't think I've ever no, you have to live in a certain geographic area okay. to find it in your grocery store. And we, my children never have. It was mm. never for sale in Chicago when we lived there. Um, we had it briefly in Florida. Really? We did. We did. And, but we don't have it now in Pennsylvania. And so for my kids, the summer ice cream flavor, ice cream experience is very Philadelphia. Huh. So it's water ice. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's water ice, which I'm trying to say I'm probably mangling it because I'm not. I feel like a true Pennsylvanian. Water ice. But yeah, they have that particular way of saying it. Um, that isn't how, like, I would say water ice, but that's not really the Philadelphia right. way. And so um, water ice, uh, for instance, you can get really um, like just a little mom and pop shop where it's just homemade. Or we often just go to the chain that's so ubiquitous around here, Rita's. Mm. (laughs) And we go to Rita's and it's always at the start of summer. I feel like it's finally summer when the kids and I have gone to Rita's and we have our cup of not just water ice, which comes in all kinds of fun flavors. Is it like a slushy? It's very similar to a slushy. It's like a snow cone kind of? So it's not quite any of those. It's not quite a slushy. It's not quite a snow cone. And I grew up loving uh, shaved ice in Texas, but it's not quite that. It is very similar to what is often sold in other parts of the country as Italian ice. Okay, yeah. So it's very similar to that. Although around here, because it's so revered and its roots are in this place, um, it's it's not just the typical lemon and cherry mm, Italian ice gotcha. that you usually find, but it comes in all kinds of flavors. Flavors I love, like root beer, and flavors my kids love, like Swedish fish. Really? <laughs> Swedish fish <laughs> flavor? Oh, you need to get that next time I'm here. So at Rita's, what I love to do is you can get a serving of the water ice mixed with custard. 
That sounds odd, Christy. Oh, it's so good. So what they do is in the cup, they'll swirl swirl together. Like for instance, I would, a favorite combo (laughs) is to swirl together the vanilla custard with the root beer water ice. So now it's like a creamy frozen version of a root beer float. Yes. And you get that icy sweetness from the water ice and you get that creamy, (sighs) fattier sweetness from the custard. It's so good. Oh, so, so Rita's is your yes. uh, summer is open now. Yes. For us, yes. that's a place called Cindy's that we okay. always go to. And it's not a chain at all. It's just this one little local spot, hole in the wall, really spot. But when Cindy's is open, like when our kids get out of school, mm. that last day of school, and we go pretty late. I know some people have probably been out of school for a while now. Yeah. We've only been out for a few days. Yes, summer's just <laughs> beginning. Just beginning. But we will literally drive from the school pickup to Cindy's really? and be like, oh. it is summer now. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. And my favorite thing to get on ice cream is... I And I like this too, this conversation, because people call this all different things. So I like kind of a swirl of some kind of ice cream, uh, soft serve or whatever. But then I like sprinkles on mine, mm. the chocolate sprinkles. But I've realized here in, in Maryland, they call them jimmies. Oh, yes. Have I've you heard, heard that? that? I, I would not use that. That must be a real very regional term. That. And yeah. I would say sprinkles, but in South Africa, they call them hundreds and thousands. Yes, that's... You've heard I've that heard too? that from, from the British, British... Yeah, yes. English storybooks. Yes. And it's so much fun to me. And they have mm. everything there. They have shaved ice. They have soft serve. They have ice cream. They have flurries, you know, like whatever mm. your little heart desires. Oh, and fun. they have like hardly any seating. It's like this weird, like right next to a shopping mall, this little little nook where Cindy's is and cars just pull in and all during the summer you'll see like entire baseball teams will show up after a baseball game or Or Cindy's you know after football (laughs) we'll all go to Cindy's and so that is always for us it's the opening of summer now let's go to Cindy's I love it I love it goodness I do you want to can can we head to Rita's (laughs) I know actually was gonna suggest to you if we get done early enough before the kids are home or no we should probably wait till the kids are here and take them with us I think, you know, there are these flavors, like these defining flavors. And I like how often they transcend cultures even, Mm. you know, like for you around here. And I know because I've eaten it here, corn on the cob here. Yes. It's so sweet. I've just never tasted anything like this. It is. It's like candy on the cob. Yeah. But in South Africa, that's a big part of summer too, Mm. right? Except we don't call it corn on the cob. It's called milis. Oh my. Milis. Milis. Yes, Milis <laughs> is the Afrikaans word for corn on the cob. Milis. And my dad grew up on a farm and corn was one of their big things that they grew. And he tells the story of his childhood. He said, you knew the corn was ready when it was so sweet, like off the stalk. You could take a bite oh, of those kernels yes. and it's so sweet. Yes. And um, his mom would cook, you know, these huge farmhouse sized pots. Mm. You boil your corn on the cob. And he said, my mom would just put out these platters and platters of it. And me and my siblings would have a competition to see who could eat their body length in empty rinds. Wow. Yeah, so you stand them, you know, point to point. Yes, that's a lot of corn. And then you lie down on the ground and see, have you eaten your body length yet? And so I actually talked to my kids about that. I told them that story. And that summer, immediately, Micah said, we're going to the store today to get get corn corn. on the cob. (laughs) Get milis and see if we can eat our body length in milis because that is one of those memories. Because I love, you know, during the winter, they'll ship in corn on the cob, but it's like 
pre-packaged. Yeah. And, but it's like when you get those big bins where you can shuck yes. it yourself yes. in the grocery store and there it is, you know, okay, it's corn season now and you yeah. get it fresh and you get the long ones where you haven't snapped off the point yes. yet. And then Micah, it helps add to your length if you're trying to measure it with your the pointy your end. I love it. Yeah. Do you know what Jonathan started doing a couple summers ago is grilling our corn? We do that too. Oh, it's, it's so, so It adds a kind of smoky depth, mm-hmm. I think, to that flavor. Lisa Joe, I just, I want to tell one last story for myself because I think, um, you know, it's so fun to celebrate these fun foods and these, especially the desserts and the treats and, you know, heading to Cindy's or heading to Rita's. But the thing about food that can sometimes feel like a burden is that we have to eat again and again <laughs> and again. Oh, yes. And, As moms, uh, I think we especially yeah, feel this burden. I know you and I, not all of our listeners, but you and I, at least this summer, we have we still have children who live at home and they're mm-hmm. they're home with us in the summer. They need and to eat all the time. They just keep needing what to be fed, right? It, and and. As much as I love food and I enjoy being in the kitchen, during the summer, I don't always want to be in the kitchen yeah. and I want to be out in the garden or I want to be at the swimming pool with them to the mm-hmm, last minute. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that I started doing last summer um, that just turned out to be a really easy, fun and flavorful uh, way to oh, kind really of tackle to that. Hear what this is. I don't know if it would work for all, all families or all kids and their taste buds, but it has worked well for us. And that is I go, um, again, we're just quite lucky to have farmer markets and farm stands all around. So I, I skip the grocery store, which for me is also a fun thing in mm-hmm. the summer, just to not even go near a parking lot, mm-hmm. but just to quickly stop by a, whatever local market stand I can find. And then I just see what's on the table. Mm. And I know that I have certain things always at home, mostly eggs, so mm-hmm. that there's a protein. I could hard boil some eggs. And then I look at this farm table and I just, I get what looks good. Mm. Maybe there's some new little potatoes. Maybe there's some green beans. I mean, the usual market mm-hmm. stuff. Maybe that farm market is also selling some bread or, you know, mm-hmm. homemade bread. And so I don't think about a recipe. I don't think about, oh, what's for dinner? What will I cook? I just look for what looks pretty. The tomatoes are so red. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, they have blackberries now, you know, whatever it is. And I just gather this, you know, the, this, uh, these amounts. I go home, I cook anything that needs, like if, green beans. Okay. I quickly mm-hmm. steam them. If it's, if egg is the protein, I quickly hard boil eggs. And then I just get a big platter Yes, and I pile it all on. If yeah. there's potatoes, maybe I've roasted them. If there's right. bread, maybe I've already sliced it and toasted it in a little mm-hmm. olive oil. So it's, you know, golden and, and all ready to go. And I pile all of it on the same big platter. And then I'll maybe have, you know, pull some salad dressing out of the fridge for those who kind of want to unite mm-hmm. all the flavors, but I don't add it because of course with kids, right. you, know, you have to oh, let them. Oh, what do you put on the lettuce? That's gross. And I think because the plat, because it's all piled on the platter, if I had it all on the table in separate dishes, then one kid would say, I don't like tomatoes. And another right. kid would say, well, is this all? Like, where's dinner? But when it's all piled on that platter, and there's always at least one thing that is appealing Mm -hmm. to them. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. the blackberries. Maybe it's the bread. Something that is pleasing to, you know, every every kid. There's something on that platter that appeals to them. And then it looks like, it look, to me, it looks like summer. It looks like abundance. Right. It looks like it look, painting. It looks kind of fancy. Like it looks my fancy. kids will be like, oh, it's fancy. Yes. And, and but li- it's easy. But it's easy. It's and it's so life-giving. Easy and it's yeah. life-giving and it's it's no cook, you know, and right. it's, it's supporting, I love, you know, it's the local farmer. And of course it doesn't have to be from right, a, because I a literally even, do the exact but, same thing, but we don't have any farmer stands like that near us. And so I will pick up a rotisserie chicken so it's already cooked so I don't have to turn on my oven Mm -hmm. 
and some French bread. And then I'll do the same things with the vegetables, mm-hmm. right? Pick out fresh things. Here's the corn I can shuck myself. Here are the baby potatoes. And take those things home, do the corn really quickly. And then I do too spread out a big tray that's just full yeah. of all these things. And it's kind of a make your own dinner night. Mm-hmm. And we like, like you guys will take it outside then, you yes. know, and just be outside. Yes. Everybody's playing. And often, sometimes, I just said often sometimes, <laughs> which is a very South African thing. There's a very common expression in South Africa where they say, Yonia, like, yes, no, all the really? time, like in agreement. Yes, yes no. no. <laughs> so anyway, I that's explaining myself. But um, we'll go outside and then it's sit down and pray. But then maybe you're out playing and you're seeing the fish and you're jumping on the trampoline and coming back for some more food. It's mm. this informal exhale that doesn't feel like it has to be in the same routine and the same structure. There just seems to be a freedom. Mm. Tonight's like that. And what we keep all Summer long in our freezer. I just restock every time I go to the grocery store, our freezer pops. We just have them all the time. And they are so perfect. Kids are coming in hot from the trampoline. Kids are coming in hot and sweaty and irritable from a football game. Love it. There it is. Grab yourself a Mm -hmm. freezer pop. The one thing that drives me insane, though, is the kids cut off the tops of those things and just leave Leave them everywhere. And then they puddle and leave Mm -hmm. these little red and sticky. By the end of the summer, I find those little plastic tops everywhere. everywhere. (laughs) And then they're terrible. The sleeves even. I'll come to the trampoline and there's like a whole bunch of these freezer or pop sleeves and every summer I get all ranty and tell them I'm never buying these again and then come June I'm like yay Yay! it's freezer pop season (laughs) and that's the best thing I think is that these flavors come back and they Mm -hmm. come back and they come back so if you're listening today we would really love to hear what are some of your favorite summer flavors go find us on Instagram it's the place we spend most of the time I'm Lisa Jo Baker and I'm Christy Purifoy and tag us with your summer foods. And if you want to, you can just tell us the same thing we told you. Eat this. this. <laughs> if you enjoyed today's conversation, why don't you take a sec right now, scroll down in your podcast app and hit that subscribe button. Which simply means that new episodes will pop up in your podcast app every week for free. <laughs>